What'd you do? Did you poop? Yes. I'm going to change her. I'm going to change her day. Mm -mm. No, we can change it up here. Did you tell mommy that you pooped? I pooped, mommy. Is it a big poopy? Thank you. Welcome to a very heartfelt episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Yes. And I just want to say I'm sorry for my voice. I was yelling and cheering Henley on. No, I wish it was that exciting. I was actually just ill. But anyway, this episode is going to talk about pregnancy and infancy loss. Uh, everybody knows that October is Pregnancy and Infancy Loss Awareness Month. Uh, and as many of you guys listening know, we lost our firstborn son, Jonathan, at 17 weeks and one day. Yeah, so he was too little to survive. And the day I delivered him, which was July 13th, it has quietly haunted me since. I mean, I don't talk about it much anymore because you can't help but get the feeling that the whole world expects you to just get on with it and be okay. And it's been a few years now, so shouldn't I be okay? Well, the truth is, is that I am okay most of the time, but... Sometimes it just creeps up on you when you least expect it, but I try to just focus on the fact that I've been so blessed with our rainbow baby, Henley, but when anniversaries creep up or if I see other kiddos who would be about his age, his cousin was a newborn when I delivered him, so sometimes when I see him play, I wonder what it'd be like to have a little boy running around our house at that age. Like, what would he like? Would he like Transformers and Paw Patrol like his cousin Mason? Or would he be into dinosaurs and trucks? I remember when I was pregnant with him, all my friends were like, oh, he's going to be such a mommy's boy. Like, Probably not. All the boys, like, I remember my friend Karen in particular, she said, oh, you know, my daughter's great, but my son really loves me. And so trust me, like, this little boy is going to be, like, your biggest fan. I wonder if it would be different because Henley is right now such a mommy this, mommy that I want, mommy, mommy, mommy. She loves playing with me. But she's like, mommy, and I wonder if that would be different with a boy. And I always wanted a boy from the start. And I couldn't have been more excited for someone like Jonathan to be born. And just knowing that it was a boy, you didn't have the greatest of reactions when you found out that it was a boy. Yeah, a little known fact, because I was so embarrassed to admit this out loud back then, a, because I was pregnant with him, and then B, after I lost him, I felt the most guilt, but I had really wanted a girl. Like, there was, I've just always wanted that mother-daughter relationship. I obviously don't really have it with my mom, and I could see my friends and their mom be really, really close and have that such a tight bond, and I just really, really wanted that so badly with my own child. I don't think you should feel guilt for it, though. I mean, there was, you know, it was... A genuine reaction. Yeah, I know. But it's like messed up that I wasn't just excited because everybody's like happy and healthy. That's all that matters. And that is all that matters. And that's really all I cared about. But like if I had the choice, I would have wanted a girl. Yeah, I think losing losing someone the way that we lost Jonathan kind of taints the rest of the pregnancy announcements. At least, you know, it just it it puts you in a guarded space. You know, you don't get excited like you did for the first time that you heard that you were pregnant. Like, even though it's exciting 
the fact that you're having a baby, but every single one from Jonathan, um, it's been tough to get super excited. I know. I just think that it's like, I wish that I didn't have that genuine reaction. I wish that I had only just been excited and you know, the truth is, is that when we first found out that I was having a boy with our first pregnancy, I literally cried and it wasn't necessarily happy tears. And, um, it wasn't sad tears though, too. It was just, you, you know, you were, you're one that's known for having very high expectations and expectations just in general. And if it doesn't go that way, then it's crying in the corner with your mom and sisters consoling you saying, it'll be okay. On the day of my wedding. <laughs> no, it's true. Now, and so, I mean, I've I've seen a therapist, so I've really talked it out about as far as like just the guilt that I've had about so many things, about not being able to carry him to term, about not necessarily wanting a boy and then actually losing him. And, you know, and, and you know, I think everybody says happy, healthy, like I was saying. Everybody says, I just want happy, healthy. But some people are secretly really wishing for a certain gender. And um, with this pregnancy right here, right now, because I already have a girl, I really am truly not wishing for a certain gender. I am genuinely okay with a boy or a girl. And probably because of that experience I have with Jonathan, like I'm just, I'm genuinely just hoping for a healthy, happy baby. And I want a boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we've shared our story a lot about uh, our loss with Jonathan and in the spirit of pregnancy and infancy loss, we have two very special guests who suffered a loss as well. Uh, it was a lot earlier in their pregnancy, but the pain is just the same. Uh, Sean Johnson, you've probably heard of her. Uh, I know I did. Um, she's won many gold medals at the Olympics for her amazing gymnastics. But I think what's more important is that she was the winner of Dancing with the Stars. Why do you think that's more important? Because that is an amazing, amazing co accomplishment. Over the gold, the Olympics? Yes. What can you do with the Olympics after the Olympics are over? Oh, stop. It, Go I mean, on to be on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, I guess. But Dancing with the Stars lasts a lot longer than the Olympics. Um, I would beg <laughs> to differ. Either way, this girl is an absolute rock star, and I cannot wait to speak to her and her husband, Andrew East, who also is a super successful entrepreneur and podcast host, and they're coming on to really share about the pains of pregnancy loss at any stage. And Andrew East was also a professional football player. Yeah, so they're actually so they're coming on to share about their loss. There's not a lot of people who share about their loss so openly and, and candidly, but they really have been too to really just share the good, bad, and the ugly truths about it. And they're also going to share about their rainbow baby. So she is literally like super duper pregnant. She's was due already, but then they pushed her due date back. So she's still I was hoping due. she would have the baby on the podcast, but no. The baby's selfish and just wants to stay in there. It just wants to cook a little bit longer. But yeah, they were in their first trimester and had only just found out they were pregnant when Sean began to miscarry. A lot of times women feel shamed to mourn an early loss because no one even knew they were pregnant. You know, like all those things go into why a woman feels like the baby, it's hard for her to mourn that baby because she feels almost as if like she's alone in this in the fact of even realizing the baby existed because no one 
could feel the baby. No one felt her body changing or the hormones changing. There wasn't a bump. There was no doctor visit confirming the heartbeat. And so it's like her and her baby and that's it. So anyways, I hope that this interview with Sean and Andrew helped change the dialogue and the shame for mourning a loss at any stage of pregnancy. Yes, but before we get into that, we have to face the big elephant in the room. What's that? It's Halloween. Happy Halloween. Do you know where Halloween came from? Uh... I have no idea where Halloween came from, actually. I don't know my history that well. But if there's anything to make the cobwebs and the spiders that are already hanging out in the corner, all the corners of our house, then that's okay. I'll keep continuing to celebrate. (laughs) Well, according to the History Channel. Of course you heard about this on the History Channel. Fun fact about my husband, Douglas. He actually loves the History Channel. I do. Such a nerd. I am a history nerd or geek, whatever you call it. But anyone that does watch the History Channel will know that the tradition of Halloween originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Samhain, Doug. Of Samhain. It's spelled Samhain, which that's how Jamie read it to me. Yeah, that's but it's how it's actually I- Samhain. Yeah, so that's how I know that it's Samhain because I was wrong. Right. But people would light bonfires and wear costumes to actually ward off ghosts. It kind of marked the end of the summer. It marked the beginning of the dark, cold winter and a time of, a time of the year that was often associated with human death. So on the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain when people believed that the ghosts of the dead would return to Earth. So if people left their homes, they would actually wear masks in order to fake out the ghosts, hoping they would just look like any other spirit. And that's my history lesson. Can you just imagine people in those big dresses back in the day on their horse and buggy, like riding around with like some sort of a mask on their face, scared that the evil spirits will get them? What they never explained, though, is how candy got involved. (laughs) This is definitely our history lesson for the day. Not sure when all that turned into costume parties and trick-or-treating, but I did see that a third of the candy sold for the full year is during Halloween. And this is the first year Gracie will actually realize that she has a mountain of candy after she goes trick-or-treating. So I... I don't know what we're going to do. I really try to limit her sugar intake since sugar is so unhealthy. I mean, candy literally has zero nutritious value. Which is why I am a team player and I'll take all of the candy and eat it for myself because it's bad for her. So I'll take on the burden. Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) No, but seriously, though, Doug, I wanted to talk about how much candy we're going to let her eat this year because last year we took her trick or treating. Well, I took her trick or treating with your family. And you did get to eat all the candy. You know what? I I think if we switch. Well, we never let her have one piece of candy last year, but she was also one. Yeah, she didn't even know. I'm I'm thinking, though, that if she she'll know what candy is. Oh, Um, she knows what candy is now. Yeah, she'll try to eat it during the walk. Um, So I'm kind of curious to see. But I I think if we replace the candy with like kale chips or spinach (laughs) if she'll know a difference do you think she'll catch on (laughs) but wait like no in all seriousness though doug like do we like i don't know what to do because i don't want to give her candy but you also can't just say no candy ever because then one day all she's going to want to do is like hide her ho-hos and m&ms and like eat them all day long well i mean you, you think of it this way she's 
She's over two years old. There's not many things that she can have. You know, she can have chocolate. She can have chocolate pieces. Like we limit it, but there's going to be a lot of candy that she just can't have. It's just dangerous for her. So we can take that away. Listen, you're all too excited for that. Yeah, but it's true. Like the Tootsie Rolls and things like that, she definitely can't have. She can have Smarties though, which no. are just straight up sugar. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't think she'll know the difference after day one. Like if we leave like a little basket um, and just call it candy, we could literally put anything in that candy back box, whatever. All right. So you're on board with me then. So like we're going to try to prevent one more year preventing the candy from. All yes. Right. And more candy for me. Your family just thinks that I'm nuts. Like they think that. And also thank you for having my back on this because I really don't like it when like the other night they, we were all together. For those of you guys listening, I'll just tell you the story. So the other night we're all together and it was like the Yankees were playing someone. So all the kids were together and we're all watching the baseball game. And my mother-in-law, Bonnie, she pulls out like the Oreos and I don't want Henley to eat those types of cookies right now because, I mean, not going to lie, I literally just had some myself, but like, I don't want Henley to eat them because they're so bad for you. There's literally nothing good about that. I'd much rather have her have like some organic, like mixed with some chia seeds, chocolate cookie, because we have those and she likes them. But when I was like, no, you know, like, can she just have, like, she could have like one or two, but like not the whole entire jar, like everybody and all your whole family just looks at me like, Oh my God. (laughs) I have no doubt in my mind that that's why Henley is so smart and so advanced. And I'm not just saying this because it's my daughter, but I think that there's a lot to having good, healthy foods while their brain is developing. And instead of just sitting there and living in a sugar high and then sugar crash, we can limit that. And I would like to limit that if we have the time now because we can dictate what she does and does not eat when she's five we can't take her trick-or-treating and be like nope you don't get any of this candy that's just like torture (laughs) we can't we can't let her get too smart where she can outsmart us right right but also like there are limits though like I do think it's important to you know this year she definitely probably won't notice the difference but like next year she might be smart enough to realize that she got like a whole mountain of candy so you know, I'd rather just have like, like a rule that she can have five, like five pieces a day. Is that, I don't even know. Way too much. Yeah, that is way, like one piece a day. day. I don't know. Like you, you know, when you go trick or treating, you get a freaking mountain of candy. Like if you get one piece a day, gosh, I would say two pieces a day. You know, it's so, it's so strange though, because now you go around and, you know, trick or treating for us, I think I was trick or treating until about 14 years old. Like we would just then throw on like a, a sheet. And oh, I was like, the ghost. I went trick or treating when I had custody of my sisters when I was 19 and they, and my sister was 16 and the twins were 14. Yeah. We that still went trick or treating cause we were like candy. Sounds about right. <laughs> and it's free food. Um, but no, the, you know, there's so many things to, and I've, I'm never one to worry, but there's, you know, there's a lot of news reports saying you have to watch out for edibles and CBD gummies and what? Yeah. So it's like you hate hearing those things. You hate it. And I can't imagine that there's parents out there that would be giving this stuff away. But I do want to know the neighborhood she's walking around. Oh, well, she's girlfriend's trick or treating with her mama and her daddy, if you can get off work until she's like. 20 and then she can go by herself if she still wants to i'm gonna try to get there but the last day of the month for a sales gig is always the toughest 
Okay, well, let's give a shout out to our five-star reviewer this week. And this week is from Jelly Dell, who said, Nap time and podcasts. Love listening to your podcast. I listen in the car all the time while my baby naps. So easy to relate to. Thank you for sharing your life with us and congrats on the new addition to your family. And little known fact, our podcast is great for putting babies to sleep. <laughs> Aw, thank you so much, Jelly Dell, for just taking the time out to leave us a five-star <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out to leave us a five-star review, especially because you're a mama. So if you're a mama, I know you're working hard and you have like zero time. So thanks for taking the time out to share with us. How do you know it's a mom? Oh, I guess it could be a dad. Good point. All right. I'll stop discriminating against the daddies out there. <laughs> could be a dad, but. Jelly Dell. That's a, that could go either way. Yeah. Well, I wanted to let you guys know, those of you listening, that we tend to re read the reviews off iTunes since that seems to be the most prominent place you guys listen to our podcast. But just in case you haven't heard us mention Himalaya before, it's a free app where you can organize and comment on your favorite podcasts. So we obviously highly recommend it. We did partner with them. So, so. real fast, though, before we get to Sean and Andrew, you never said what we're actually going to be for Halloween. Um and we're not going to be the bumblebee and beekeeper thing again, right? Um, yeah, we have to keep tradition. What? <laughs> Literally every year since Henley was a newborn, I have had Doug be a beekeeper and Henley's a bumblebee and I'm a bumblebee. And then, you know, we just keep doing it. And honestly, it's freezing up here in New Jersey for Halloween time. So I like that the bee costume is always like warm because she has to wear like the pants and like the big bumble thing. So she won't even need a jacket. And it's, I don't know, I just think it's kind of perfect. So although your family really wants us to go as, what was that comic that they are all going uh, as? Marvel. Marvel You comic? know what's funny is that it's Marvel and so everybody's going as like Captain America and Hulk and um, we, Jamie goes, um, we'll just put her in the Wonder Woman outfit. And for all you geeks and nerds out there, everyone knows Wonder Woman is DC and not Marvel. So I don't want to Marvel. I don't want to offend anybody, but we are going to try to put her in the Wonder Woman costume. She'll be the first blonde haired Wonder Woman. <laughs> I didn't know that Mar that Wonder Woman wasn't part of like the gang. Yeah, it's a DC universe. Ugh, whatever. I, I feel like costumes can be so expensive and I'm honestly just too cheap to go out and buy all those costumes for one day when we already have the beekeeper and the bumblebee for me. And then my mom just gave me a bumblebee coat for Gracie that she got. Like my mom cleans houses sometimes for a living. And these aren't like just, you know, they're really nice homes with people that have really, really nice things. And she said, oh, these, these people were getting rid of these clothes and there's a bumblebee. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, actually, it if you don't. It like a five-year-old bumblebee jacket. No, it's not. It's actually for like a two or three-year-old. I know, but I'm saying it looked like it was like five years old. Oh, in, five. In the closet, not worn. Oh, stop. It was clean. It was fine. I'm not, I'm not too proud to get a little hand-me-down or a little thrifty jacket my mom cleaned the house it was a nice home that was a clean home it came at a perfect timing too because we were out in the field and she didn't have a jacket yeah so then she put the bumblebee thing on on my sister's 10-year anniversary but anyways that's like neither here nor there so literally our halloween costume is free except if you follow us on instagram then you know that i bought some that i just want to recreate next year with the baby so which is what 
Doug doesn't even know. So by the time the podcast airs, then I think that I'll have posted this picture. We haven't taken the picture yet, but I have a, I got the costume Goldilocks and the three bears and Gracie will be Goldilocks. Then you'll be the bear. I'll be a bear. And then there's going to be a baby bear in my belly. And next year she'll be, you know, Goldilocks and the three bears, but we'll actually have a baby bear. Oh, gotcha. Won't that be so cute? Okay. Is that the story where she goes and eats porridge? Come on, Doug. Of course it is. One's too hot, one's too cold. This one's just right. Yeah, we need to get that story. We don't have that storybook for Henley. And that's like a classic. But anyways, so um, I just was curious though, will you get off to work in time to go trick-or-treating with us this year? Because we also have the nuchal translucency test that same day. It's at 1230. So I was thinking... You know, we'll get to see the baby and also get my blood drawn to find out the gender. Yay. Uh, Tell me again or tell the audience what nuchal translucency is because I know what it is, but maybe they don't. Oh, you know what a nuchal translucency is? Mm -hmm. Yep. Liar. Isn't it a sonographic prenatal screening? (laughs) (laughs) What Wikipedia are you reading that off of? No, it is. It's basically an ultrasound to detect any chromosomal abnormalities in the baby as it's growing and all women no matter what their age is have a small risk of delivering a baby with a physical or cognitive disability so this nuchal scan just helps doctors estimate the risk of the fetus having down syndrome or any other abnormalities more accurately than just maternal age alone that's how they used to do it is just by maternal age yeah, like there wasn't, this scan is a bit newer, so they didn't have this access, like access to this now. But also, there's also the nub theory that comes with it. So it's, this scan is always done between like 11, like 11 and a half weeks and like 13 and a half weeks. Yeah, don't they measure the neck? Yeah, they measure the neck fold because that's how they can test for like lymphatic drainage and things like that. And yeah. like to test Down for- Down syndrome, right? Yeah, exactly, essentially. But um, But like my excitement is that- I, I don't know. Like I instantly don't think we're going to have those problems. So knock on wood, I guess, I guess I should be a little bit more precautious that we could potentially have. Oh God, I hope and pray not. But anyways, I'm just like excited to see the baby because at this stage of our pregnancy, there's a nub and the nub theory actually was accurate for Gracie. So we didn't even talk about it on last week's episode with all the 15 wacky gender reveal things. This yeah. one is like scientifically proven. If you know how to, if you get the right image of the baby the right angle no joke if you get the Doug's looking at me like I'm crazy but I'm not even kidding if you get the right image of the baby you have to be able to see the spine and this nub and if the nub is going up like pointing up then it's a boy that's a penis it'll turn into a penis and if it runs parallel with the spine then it's a girl it's a vagina Mm. so every human has a nub at this stage of pregnancy and if you can get the right picture of it you can 100% determine whether or Sounds not your baby creepy. we d- I did it with Henley and I knew Henley was a girl even though I didn't trust my own judgment because <laughs> you still have to analyze this this ultrasound like you could really doubt yourself or second guess yourself mm-hmm. but um yeah so I actually wrote a whole entire blog post on it because I was intrigued I don't think I have my baby picture like that you're, there weren't ultrasounds like this around when yeah, you were I guess not. come on now Doug I just wanted to see if I had a nub I guess I had to have. Yeah, of course you had a nub. I just said every human has a nub anyways. Like it either grows uh, into a penis or a vagina. Gotcha. Yeah. Or both. Yeah, I guess you could have a penis and a vagina. Mm-hmm. Some people do. Yeah. So this is so exciting. But either way, 
we are definitely, definitely, definitely going to know the gender of our baby by the end of next week. So we should probably plan a gender reveal party. I thought you weren't supposed to have that for baby number two. No, you can have it as my, you know, for every baby. I'm down for a party at every, for anything. Yeah, same. I want to celebrate everything and anything. I'm just like, so I'm thinking like how we're going to do the gender reveal. I was thinking we would have to like the egg. I can't remember. People on Instagram were telling me. So essentially you fill, you hard boil all the eggs except from one. And the one that's not hard boiled, somehow you put dye in there. And you, it's like a Russian roulette with eggs. And we would have Henley do it. So she would essentially take the egg and crack it on her forehead and if it's a hard-boiled egg, we're good. And if not, it's going to be like either pink or blue. I don't know if I like that one. Really? I thought it was it would be no. kind of funny. Obviously, it'd be messy. I'll think of something. What about... Um, so the I other? we should do something bigger. What about if we did like a pinata and all the confetti or candy or whatever would be one color? Yeah. And Gracie would... We would have Gracie hit it. I'm thinking though that um, if there's a way that we can get like fireworks or not like fireworks, but like something that like shoots out confetti and on the reveal, it would shoot out blue or pink confetti. I just think that that's almost dangerous because we're in, there's going to be kids think here. Think about the picture. <laughs> I think we should state, we could stage that after, you know, we okay. could just get a nice picture after we already know if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. I'll be way too nervous, I think. And also, like, what if there's a kid around and there's fireworks or something? I don't know. Yeah. But the other option is what your sister and brother did is have like a cupcake, have a bunch of cupcakes oh. and one would have pink or blue inside and we'd have Gracie eat it. And we'd have to be like, you know, wait till she gets to the middle to like reveal whether or not it's a boy or a girl. What do you think? No. Okay. No, I don't like that one either. Okay, Mr. Picky. <laughs> no, I'm thinking like I want to I want to do something. um, like almost if there's like a target in our backyard and something that we have to either pop or hit or something. Oh, there isn't, there's another thing we could do. We could like put in black balloons. We could do what my sister did that one time in black balloons. that will be either pink or blue paint and you have to hit the right balloon for it to splat out. So not every balloon has it, but you have to make sure you hit the right one. That could take a while. Yeah. But that would be fun. The anticipation of it. Oh my God. That would be really fun. Yeah. Or, um, I've seen some people do the whole baseball thing where you have a baseball that you throw and inside it's the pink or blue chalk. Yeah, but my biggest fear is that we wouldn't hit the ball and it would just like explode anyways. What What do you mean? I mean, I know you used to play baseball at all, but what I've, do seen, you mean? I've seen your skills these days. Are you kidding? That hurt shoulder really did something to you. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with my shoulder anymore. <laughs> You're talking to a division one athlete. All right. <laughs> Listen to you. You got to talk yourself up before we bring on Hall the NFL. Of Fame, Howell High School. <laughs> Rec- recognize. Go check the wall. Talk yourself up before you Go bring on. Go check the wall of my high school, Howell High School Hall of Fame, class of 2000. Oh, you're so cool. You have Baseball, to- football, basketball. You have to talk yourself up before you bring on you're Andrew. You're telling me I can't hit a ball. You don't, won't let I me finish. I can't hit a baseball. You're not letting me finish my sentence. I'm saying you want to talk yourself up before we bring on the NFL player. Yeah, I do. All right. Because you're questioning my manhood now. No, I'm not. I'm just questioning your ability to hit. I think it's like an egg that they fill up with powder or something. I hit golf balls. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, Doug. All right. So this week, our sponsor is probably a really good alternative to Halloween candy. When do you think we could just give her like these perfect bars instead of Halloween candy? I am a huge fan of these perfect bars. These bars are made from freshly ground peanut butter. They have up to eight grams of whole food protein, eight organic superfoods, handpicked for kids' nutritional needs, and a cookie dough-like texture that both you and your kids will love. Doug eats them all the time on Henley. All the time. And the Perfect Kid bars in both of the bars are kept refrigerated, but don't worry. They'll last a week outside of the fridge. They will absolutely melt in your mouth. Honestly, I feel so good knowing that if Henley eats nothing else all day, you know, she's having a perfect bar because they're organic, they're non-GMO, project verified, they're gluten-free, soy-free, kosher, and low GI. And if you're looking for a snack to help you survive really any situation, try their full-size bar. My favorite is peanut butter. My second favorite, even though it's probably not a favorite if it's your second favorite, but the chocolate chip is absolutely phenomenal. They have a hazelnut one that is also really, really good if you're into hazelnut. I really urge you to give it give it a try. Right now, Perfect Bar is offering you 15% off your online order. Just go to perfectbar.com slash HMCP. Shop their refrigerated snacks at perfectbar.com slash HMCP to get 15% off your order. Be ready this season with perfect kids. Go to perfectbar.com slash HMCP to stock up and save 15%. I tell you what, we should put in our order now. I know, actually. This is the one of those codes I always say that like, there's a few codes that I actually use. This is one of them. We had like a two-month supply. <laughs> and we're now out. Anyways, let's bring our guests on now. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Sean and Andrew. This is going to be a very heartfelt interview, but it's one that needs to be talked about. And then it turns around and we talk about her rainbow baby. And I'm just so excited to talk to them because, I mean, last I checked, she's still pregnant. But at this moment, she could be like delivering her baby because she's like beyond due. Have you ever talked to a gold medalist before? Actually, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's not every day. Oh my goodness. I honestly, I mean, I think that we're, we're both kind of fangirling over them. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> we should become their friends. Oh, stop, you creep. <laughs> All right, let's get them on. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Otis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week, we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh, yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. Can you hear us? Oh, there we go. Hey. Oh, hey. (laughs) And Sean, if you can actually have the baby on our podcast, that'd be phenomenal. I would love to. (laughs) I didn't know if you heard that. (laughs) I'm used to awkward silences with my jokes with my wife. Yeah, uh, uh, half the time he's not really that funny. (laughs) He thinks he's funny, and I'm like, eh, maybe. (laughs) Like my husband, right? Right. Oh, babe. Hey, is our audio okay? We can't get our mic to work, but is it sound pretty crisp? Um, it's okay. I mean, we'll make it work. We we're so transparent on our podcast. We'll be like. You know, if something goes wonky, we'll just say, hey, it went wonky, but this is real life. So no yeah. worries. Should we try? Are you both are you both using a separate mic or the same one? 
No, we're just on the computer. You sound actually, you sounded really good. I don't know what, if you have something separate than Andrew. Um, he's going to try to grab a mic real quick. How are you feeling, Sean? Oh, I'm good. Ready to pop this baby out? Yeah, I'm sure. I was just saying to Doug when I remember being, I was like, I, cause you're like going straight up to your due date and I was the same way. Although I was like, didn't feel ready. So I didn't really, I was okay with it taking, you know, right to my due date. I was like, I'm just not yeah. ready yet. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of the same. I'm in a point where like, I'm kind of freaking out that we're going to have a kid here any day. Yeah. Like crap so, gets real, real yeah. fast. That makes, that's make, makes me want to like stay pregnant, but then I'm also like over the pregnancy thing. So. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. But Jamie not being ready was like not having all of her drawers with the, oh. the, the, all hey, the white thank you sean i mean come on and the socks in the drawer and everything else yeah do you feel like you have everything all set up like as far as your nursery and whatnot um i think yes my mom has been over here almost every day for the past few weeks she pretty much had to set up before we were pregnant jamie <laughs> oh <laughs> that's, that's hey at least you have someone that's like totally rooting for you like you know you definitely got like a babysitter if she's that excited that's awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so today we're talking with andrew east and sean johnson and for those that may not know or if you live under a rock somewhere andrew east a college athlete turned nfl player turned successful entrepreneur and his wife sean johnson east an olympic gold medalist and the dancing with the stars universe and uh, amazing guests on this week's podcast they got engaged on july 24th 2015 married a year later in, two th in april 2019 they announced their pregnancy after suffering a miscarriage in 2017 and sean is due any day now with their rainbow baby and we can't wait yay welcome guys hey, heather thank you thanks for having us Thank you so much for taking the time out to be here. You know, as you know, it's October is Infancy and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. And I really wanted to have a couple on that could really talk to that and kind of not only share their experience, but also share like just a little bit of like a breath of hope, I guess, you know, and since you have your rainbow baby, I'm like these, you guys are the perfect couple to chat about this. But first thing, Sean, I know you are very pregnant right now. How are you feeling? <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel very pregnant. Exactly. Like you said, um, I am, I technically could be 40 weeks in two days, but then as of like two weeks ago, my doctor pushed our <laughs> due date back a week. So now I'm back to 39 weeks in two days. I just feel very pregnant. Yeah, You're stuck at 39 weeks forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's funny. How did they push it back a week? You would think. Um, I really don't know. That's funny. Is it like the there way was, the baby was measuring? So my original due date was always the 23rd. But then the way the baby measured the very first ultrasound, they said the 29th. And we've kind of always gone off of just both. It was I like mean, the doctor <laughs> was going off the 23rd, but the ultrasound people were going off the 29th. And then it was all confused and we had no idea what to do. So now it's the 29th and you're the 39 weeks pregnant forever. <laughs> yes. That's how I feel. 
Um, now, for, for any of our listeners that uh, may not know how you guys got together or kind of the beginning part of this, uh, this romance and this family, Andrew, maybe if you could take us back to the beginning and tell us the story about how in, you and Sean met. All right. So my brother was an Olympic cyclist and Sean and him met in, in the 2012 London Olympics and they just kind of bumped into each other at an event. And my brother had read somewhere that Sean was looking at going to school at Vanderbilt. And so I was a junior at the time at Vanderbilt. And he was like, hey, if you ever want a tour of Vandy, I'll hook you up with my brother. You can give him a call and he'll take care of you. So anyway. He said a few more things than that. He basically tried to set us up. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yes. I, I owe him one, I guess. He said, I'd be perfect for you. He's a good brother. Yeah. Um, and how many, how many tours did you give before, Sean? <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, none. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, what perfect timing, though, huh? And what a good brother. I know. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? So, well, it, I wish it was that simple. So, I ended up, like, calling her, right? I, like, I created a Twitter account just so I could, you know, DM her, get her number, and so Classy. we were in touch for a little bit. She, never, she didn't come down for a tour. Uh, we ended up bumping into each other at some event in Los Angeles. And then she totally ghosted me for like nine months. Ultimately, I composed the most poetic text message that ever existed. Good and I wooed, I wooed her heart. And it was the cheesiest thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> it worked. Do you still have that message? You know what? We need to find it. I think we need to find it. The only thing that I can remember is in one part of the text, it was like, if football has taught me anything, it's how to persevere. Ah! At Doug. the end of it, it was like, would you accompany me to the CMA Fest? Doug, let me tell you, like, you oh, your boys gosh. got game. No, I, he doesn't. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a lot that comes with writing a note and writing a letter. <laughs> That's right. Um, I tried my hardest. Yeah. He persevered. He certainly did. He did. He did. That's amazing. You know what, though, Sean? I bet you the reason why he persevered and wanted you so bad, the reason why you're pregnant with his baby is because you, you like, pushed him off. You ghosted him. I feel like men just <laughs> yeah. love women that ghost them. I agree. I played, I played hard to get. Yeah, you didn't even try. (laughs) That's the best part. Exactly. (laughs) So, Andrew, you started off life with a plan to be a professional football player, and you're now a successful entrepreneur and podcast host of Redirected. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast and like how you went from all from like a professional football player to entrepreneur and podcast host. Yeah, so I wish it was by choice. Um, I graduated from Vandy with an undergraduate in civil engineering, went to business school uh, and got my MBA. But then I got picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs that first year out of uh, school. And I had always, I guess, dreamed of playing in the NFL, but I never really thought it was that attainable of a goal. So when I signed with the Chiefs, it was like kind of just this, you know, the wildest dreams coming true. And I ended up getting cut three months later and so here I was, you know, sitting on the couch. I signed up to be an Uber driver. I didn't really have any idea of what I wanted to do. It was hard to kind of lock into a longer term job just because I was getting tryouts from other teams. And so I ultimately started a YouTube channel to kind of document Sean and I's engagement process, which started this whole series of events. And so talking with other people who are on YouTube or doing podcasts, I realized that, you know, we have friends who were hotel clerks and, and now they have 10 million subscribers on YouTube. We have friends that were like Yale mathematicians and now they're music producers on YouTube. And everybody had this, this really interesting story on, on 
how they ended up where they were influencers or not. And so I just kind of wanted to sit down and talk with other people who had these redirections that I call them in life. You know, mine was playing football and then ultimately I ended up on YouTube, which they don't seem to go hand in hand, but it's been really fun to kind of talk to other people and hear their stories and, you know, hopefully share some tips and encouragement along the way. You know, you were, you were my favorite long snapper of all time. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. uh, I don't think that means much, but I'll take the compliment. I don't even know what a long snapper is, but you're my favorite too. (laughs) I didn't either when we started dating. (laughs) A lot of this relates to sports though, you know, especially going through with the YouTube channel and everything else. It's, you have a message and, and it's almost like a calling. I didn't get it at first, but it almost seems like a calling where you have a message to give. And I think that you really found it, whether it's in redirected or whether it's through your, your YouTube channel, you know, no one knows how we end up where we are. Uh, and it could be completely different scenarios going from civil engineering to, to the YouTube and then to the podcast, but you can't regret where you end up. Yeah. I feel like on reject redirected, you chat about how you have a plan for life, but we often wind up in a completely different scenario. Yeah. How, how would you say for those listening, how do you handle life's unexpected news? Like what's a good way to tackle that? I feel like, you know, I was, I, I was at a really deep place of discouragement after I first got released from the chiefs. I, I kind of just kind of just settled down and, and pressed the pause button on life for a while and what really got me back on my feet and moving towards, I, I'm with you, Doug. I, I really feel like sharing this content that Sean and I do about relationships and then talking with people about their careers. You know, we get messages that, hey, you know, your podcast inspired my husband to quit his job and pursue the dream he's always been doing. Like, I, I feel like the way that I got to that point of sharing a message that is so potent that someone would quit their job after hearing it, I, I took a, a step in a direction, not necessarily like, a predefined direction, but I was like, I just took some type of action to get me out of that, that kind of lull and pause period. And that's what I always tell people is like, it's, it's so easy to just kind of be discouraged and not do anything. I always say move towards taking a step and it'll, you'll end up on a path that will ultimately get you closer to your dream than, than not doing anything at all. Absolutely. You know, and speaking of unexpected news, uh, I know that you guys got some terrible news immediately after you, Andrew, found out that you were pregnant with your first pregnancy, you know, after Sean had revealed to you. Um, although Sean had known, I think, what, a week longer? Um, yes. Think about that. And like I said earlier, being that October is Pregnancy and Infancy Loss Awareness Month, we couldn't think of a better couple to help us raise awareness and break the stigma. And I know you've been such an open book on YouTube and just social media in order to be able to help other couples who have suffered similar circumstances. Could you share with us a little bit about what happened with your first pregnancy? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. So we know how it works getting pregnant. (laughs) So we're not naive to that, but we weren't trying to get pregnant. It was an accident and one of the greatest accidents that's ever happened. But I found out I was pregnant and then was leaving that day for a media tour in New York. And Andrew was going out for four different NFL tryouts. Yeah, something like that. um, Where he was just kind of like on a tour doing these like really important life, you know, career moments. And I made the decision. I was like, I can't tell him now right before he goes for an NFL tryout, putting more pressure on him. Right. I'll wait until I get home. And when I got home... I told him, and then it was the next day, I ended up waking up with, you know, this severe cramping and bleeding and 
had no idea what was going on, but I kind of had gathered enough information to know that it was a miscarriage. And we were in we were in LA. We got into a really good doctor right away and was told the news that they thought it was, you know, some sort of chromosomal anomaly that it wasn't even a viable pregnancy pretty much. But mm-hmm. we were, I think, eight weeks along or seven weeks along. And I feel like with any miscarriage, I don't care how far along you are. It's such a loss just because the second you find out you're pregnant, your mind just switch like switches and you become a parent. And I think it was really hard for us, almost harder just because we weren't, we only had, or Andrew only had 24 hours to wrap his mind around being a dad and to kind of go through that emotional roller coaster and then go through the emotional roller coaster of, wait, I'm not going to be. And then same with me. It was just the guilt and the sadness and then the hormones that you're going through. It's a really hard thing that I think should be talked about more and is harder than people imagine. I couldn't agree more. It's really sad how in the first trimester, you know, no one really shares their pregnancy for the fear of the loss. But then it's like, well, if you go through that loss, who's going to like support you? No one knows. And so I think amazing that you guys have spoken up about your experience. And also I think that it, like, I think that there's almost like not a stigma, but it's almost like women, just us in general. Like we feel like, I don't know, almost as if like, if it wasn't, if it was er, quote unquote early, you know, then it didn't matter or it wouldn't have mattered as much. And that has just got to change because just like you said, it doesn't matter how far along you are, or if it was surprise, you bond with that baby that you are expecting to have in nine months. And then when it's ripped from you, it tears your soul apart. Sean, I read a quote from you soon after your loss that touched me to my core. It literally brought tears to my eyes. You said, these guilty feelings of quote unquote, if I can't even take care of a child for a week in my stomach, I can't raise a child on my own. And then you went on to say, quote unquote, I felt guilty to Andrew that I had lost his child. And I felt guilty to God that I had lost his child. And I just, I totally relate to the the guilt that you have after suffering a loss. I feel like a lot of people listening probably can relate to that guilt as well. And even if you know you didn't do anything wrong per se, there's a million things that run through your mind on how you could have changed it or prevented it. And I just wanted to ask, how, like, were you ever able to overcome that guilt? And if you were, could you share how? Yeah, I think yes and no. I feel like I've got through it and have kind of overcome it just in the sense of accepting that cliche phrase of everything happens for a reason. I might not truly believe that at my core, but you kind of have to learn to just live with it. But it is, it's such an interesting feeling that women go through though, because I feel like the world, I don't know, puts this pressure on women to be mothers. And there's so many rules around pregnancy. It's kind of like, eat this, not that and do this, not that. And it's such a responsibility from day one that you can't help but feel guilty. It's almost like your duty as a woman in life to to be able to bear children. And it's a crazy pressure that society puts on you. But I did. I felt I felt so sad and guilty that I had done something wrong to lose this child. And I even had my, like our doctor even sat us down when he was like, you have miscarried, but if there's anything you hear me say today, it's that it's not your fault. Oh my goodness. I remember that just like bringing me to tears because I was like, how can you say that? Because I must have done something wrong. And he just kept saying it wasn't about 
you know, being around a smoker or being eating the wrong thing or accidentally having a glass of wine because you didn't know you were pregnant. There was nothing you did that was wrong. So Sean, um, as far as the gym gymnastics and what you go through and, and someone that's at, at a high level for the Olympics, does your body go through changes or is it, is it kind of difficult for gymnasts to become pregnant? Is that a thing? That was always my, my fear was I had put my body through so much and done so many like extreme diets and delayed puberty and done like all of these things that it would, it would cause me to have trouble getting pregnant. So there are things that you could like attribute to getting pregnant difficult, but I had had, you know, testing done and blood work done and everyone said, you know, everything was good, which was a good reassurance. But again, in that time of miscarriage, I couldn't help but think I did enough damage to my body at a young age that it's, it's almost it's, like payback. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's so common and easy for us women to be like, what did I do wrong? What did I do yeah. wrong? And what an amazing doctor for, to, for him to like, just make sure that you knew it was really nothing you did wrong. And for anybody listening who has gone through this, or also for those of you who are trying to conceive who are listening, I feel like like what you just said, Sean, just could resonate with so many because like you said, society puts such a pressure on us to be moms and not for nothing, but a lot of us want to be moms. And then when you feel like you can't get pregnant or you get pregnant and you lose the baby, you can't help but have that guilt. Like, what am I doing wrong? What could I be doing differently? And it's just like a, a train wreck. Yeah. And yeah. I think for, for, for me as, as a dad and, um, uh, Andrew, I'm not sure if you went through this, but the hardest thing for me was just that there's just no answer. There's no reason for it. It's like the, the answers that we got was it's common. These things happen. And, you know, I always want to be the protector and the man of the house. And when you hear that, it's like there's there's got to be something that I could do. There's got to be some way that I could help and protect and everything else. Um, you know, what would what was going through your mind as a as a uh, as a dad? Yeah, well, first of all, we're familiar with your guys' story, and we we really appreciate uh, how you guys have spoke to that community. Um, but you're right. I mean, there is this there is this instant desire to want to just fix it, right? Like, just okay. Well, do we have to schedule a doc another doctor's appointment, or you know, like doing whatever, googling all the answers that you think may or may not help? And um, I think after having seen Sean so tore up about the whole thing. I realized that in that specific moment, after hearing the doctor talk about, hey, it's not your fault, I realized like, oh my gosh, she she might be feeling these feelings of guilt and she's definitely feeling sadness. I think what we just did was we literally canceled everything we had for the next two days. And I was like, hey, look, we're on your schedule now, Sean. I'm just gonna cuddle you, be there for you, get you water when you need it and food when you want it and whatever else. It, it is extremely frustrating though, not to have a solution to the problem and just kind of had to get to this point of submission, you know? I think, I think a really hard part too for the guy is, especially when a pregnancy is early on, it's not like, it's not like the, the guy has seen your body change and seen an ultrasound and bonded with the baby almost at all. They don't really have that switch right away. And I think for Andrew, it was really hard to see my emotions so affected and my heart so affected and have him try to figure out in such a short amount of time the magnitude of what it was that had happened. Yeah, I could 
totally understand that since he, like you said earlier, he had 24 hours to realize <laughs> that he's a father. And then all of a sudden you're losing that baby. Uh, what are some of the ways that you guys grieved and coped with the loss um, over time that you could maybe share as tips for others? It might sound strange, but we had the YouTube channel. And if you know our relationship in business and social media, I am definitely the more shy, reserved one. And Andrew's kind of the one that will share anything. So when this happened, we had filmed it for ourselves just to have for our own memories. And I was the person that brought up putting it on YouTube. And Andrew just couldn't even wrap his mind around it. He said, I don't think that would be smart for you. I think, you know, this is something so emotional that we need to keep to ourselves. And I just kept pushing it and pushing it. And I was like, no, I don't know why, but I really like, I really want to post this. And I think it's kind of like my, my gymnast nature, but, and just woman nature. I'm one of those that's just like, I'm fine. Let's move on. I don't want to, I don't want to feel anything. I just want to, I don't know, be strong. And I was in that camp because, you know, Jamie wanted to share everything. And, you know, when, when we were going through everything, it's like, you know, is it more the idea of keeping things private or kind of that stigma of not sharing with everybody? And then Jamie was the one that pushed and pushed to share the story and share on social media. And I didn't get it at first, but Mm -hmm. over time, you don't realize how many people connect to that, how many people reach out to say thank you, how many people have, so it's almost like life-changing for some people where it just, it gives them not just hope, but it makes them feel not alone, which, you know, I'm sure happened with you guys. I was going to say, I mean, that's exactly how I felt. I felt so alone. And my husband, Andrew, was doing everything he could to comfort me, but it was so easy for me in my mind to just be like, there's no way you understand. And posting it on YouTube, I would just, I would sit there for hours and read comments and stories of how did you heal from it? And just all these women who came forward saying, I've gone through, you know, the same exact, like I lost our pregnancy at six or I lost our pregnancy, just all of these stories and hearing how they overcame it. I think helped us heal. And we would just sit to, sit down together and talk through everything. I would cry my eyes out. Andrew would cry. We would talk about trying again. We would talk about taking a break. We would, it, it was just this long process of processing what had happened and how to move forward. I couldn't yeah. agree more with the fact that like, I like how you were saying you read the comments and just sat there and cried and didn't feel like, it's like you like it is such a lonely thing when you lose a child because not everybody has, um, you know, experienced this. And so they try to nurture you and comfort you. However, like the best way they know how, and sometimes it's unfortunately very hurtful or they say things Mm -hmm. like, Oh, it happened, you know, Oh, that wasn't a good baby anyways, or it happened for a reason or, and you're like, "Eh, like, what could the reason be? And how do you, how do you get to say that wasn't a good baby? Like, how do you know what, you know, like it just, I don't know. So they mean well, and you know that in the back of your mind, but like, it just, it's like a dagger to your heart. And then the issue is that then other people just don't say anything because they don't know what to say and they don't want to be hurtful. So the fact that you have like brought this dialogue out and 
it's just, honestly, it is just so important. I think because we, we as women, especially since we're the ones that go through that, like you had said, you know, men don't really experience it, especially the first trimester. There's not a belly. There's a lot of times there's not an ultrasound. They don't really have that chance to bond, but we, as women, we are exhausted. We're nauseous. We feel everything. We know that baby's there. It's just us going out and getting random food at all hours of the night. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think that that's so incredible that you have been able to not only like kind of help yourself, which is exactly what for me as well, like it helped me. I would blog about it because I didn't know what else to do either. And I felt so alone, but it's incredible that you were able to kind of help yourself, but also help so many other women and couples. Um, but yeah, I was curious, did either of you guys have any fears going into this pregnancy now with your rainbow baby? Oh, um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Andrew and I have talked about that. The day that I told Andrew that I was pregnant, you know, the first time I told him I was pregnant, it was kind of this, we both cried. We were both so ecstatic in our minds. We were having a baby. There was no question about it. And then the second time I told him we were pregnant and it was kind of like, Oh, yay. <laughs> Here we go again. I feel like you just like, you don't attach yourself as like you did the first time. And it becomes this very like guarded feeling of, well, is this going to be a baby we get to hold in our arms or yeah, I couldn't are we get going excited. to try again? Yeah, I couldn't get excited for, for Henley until the third trimester. And even now it's like, it's, you, you look for proof. And I mean, after the second trimester going into the second trimester, still it's, uh, I haven't been able to get as excited as the first time. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because you want to just have this like just reckless excitement and reckless joy about holy smokes, like what a blessing. Gosh, this is crazy. And you kind of prepare in some ways your whole life for this. Uh, and definitely the second time around having that delayed, like still, you know, we go in and see the, the ultrasound. It's like, okay, okay, we just got to like once we're holding it in our arms, like that'll be kind of it feels like the finish line of okay, okay everything's okay. And, um, it, it like it finally made it, you know, it is the great, the single greatest thing that has ever happened to me in my life was finally getting a chance to hold my baby girl and it gets better and better every single day. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. When was the turning point for like, or has there been a turning point where now you are confident, you know, you're bringing this baby home, like you're going to deliver this baby and hold this baby and love this baby. Or are you still, you know, somewhat reserved? I think we're it's probably still reserved. I don't, I mean, I know we're going to have a baby any day, but it's just that endless worry of like, what ifs? Mm -hmm. I don't 100%. know. I, just like you were talking, Doug, about wanting to kind of control and like be able to do something uh, when you guys found out about the miscarriage and wanting to fix it. Like there's so many, it feels like uncontrollables during the pregnancy complications. It seems like every pregnancy has complications and like, that's just so daunting and, and, uh, scary. And so for us, it, it almost feels like, okay, when, when we're able to hold the baby, we'll have like that next degree of control. And I think I, from what I hear will be, um, pleasantly surprised not to have that control, but still, you know, just, it, it kind of feels like it's more in 
an area where we can do something. And you kind of can't get too down on yourself too if you don't immediately connect with the baby. But I do have to say that in a world of unsolicited advice, <laughs> my best advice would be to not listen to any advice and just just create your own journey. There are some some people out there that do offer good advice and things that you should be doing, but I've realized that no matter what advice I got, my kid is different in every way. Like anything that people have said to me, my family has said to me, uh, it's completely different than the way my daughter is. So yeah, I'm sure you guys are getting lots of advice from all over the map. Um, yes. <laughs> everyone, we've learned very quickly that everyone has an opinion on everything and we're <laughs> probably not going to agree with anyone, which right. is kind of just how it's been. Have you revealed that um, that your baby's name is going to be Doug? Have you revealed? <laughs> uh, we have not yet, but we will. <laughs> I thought hey, it's Jamie. my dad's name, so it's a that's a good name. But Jamie is far better. No, there's oh a yes, chance. there's a chance now Douglas could be in the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're saying Douglas is has a chance? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? Uh, so I couldn't. Fine. Are you guys keeping the gender a surprise, like a secret, until you guys deliver? Yeah, we don't know. We're waiting to find uh, out. I don't know like, how you do that. What? That was my husband's decision. I was the one who wanted to get the blood test done at ten weeks. Yeah, Drew. Did you? <laughs> did you guys find out for all three? Oh well, yes. So a hundred percent, like without a question, because I'm so type A that I was like, I want to make sure that I have like the outfits and the nursery set up and all that jazz. What is it like? Okay. You have to tell me, what is it like not having any idea if you're having a boy or a girl? Cause I've never talked to someone who's actually been able to pull that off. Like they'll yeah, say only, they want to. Only like grandparents say. have said that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was the same exact way. Like I was like, I don't know how you even part put together a nursery or get prepared. But then one of my best friends, she has had two, two babies and she didn't find out with either. And she said that the most special moment is when she has the baby and her husband for the first time gets to like be a part of the entire process Aww. and he gets to find out the gender first Aww. and then announce it to the wife. And it was, we've heard a few different stories like that and we've seen videos of teammates and stuff get to have this moment. And I was like, okay, I think that that's pretty special. Yeah, that's actually, well, you put it that way and it all makes sense. Like that's yeah, super sound, sweet. That does sound yeah. sweet. How many, how many baby gymnastic clothes do you have? Right yeah. Now? I have, we need a little leotard. No, yes. Zero. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Doug, you're a genius. Yes. You have zero? Oh, girl. You need a baby beam and, and yeah, yeah a whole thing. <laughs> Oh my God. And if it's uh even if it's a boy though, like, right? Like, or we yeah. can look like at NFL. A little long, long snapper in the making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, okay. Truth. Be very honest. What are your biggest fears bringing baby East home? Or actually let's start off with the birthing process because I mean, Sean, <laughs> I don't know if you have any fears, but I'm a labor and delivery nurse and I still have fears. Like it's just, it is what it is. It's a, it's a rough go. Yeah. I don't get um, it. I don't get how the the hole opens up that big. I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Neither do I. <laughs> oh my gosh! We were in the labor and delivery class where you walk in and you write your name on this big circle that you tape to your your shirt, and then it's not until the end that they tell you that that circle is you know the size. And it's right. Like, wow. 
Oh, that's, that's how, that's um, how it <laughs> <laughs> um, I was biggest fears. I don't know. I'm one of those that like, I feel like there's so much you could worry about, like little things that I know it's going to hurt. Yeah. Like, you know, like never love. before. Right. Um, it didn't hurt that much for me. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, you're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're complaining about, Doug. But I would say, I mean, not to get like dark, but my biggest fears are like, I just want the baby to be okay. Yeah. I want it to go smooth for the baby. And I want to make sure that I'm okay too. So the, yeah. the labor playlist, you don't have any fears or concerns about that. I'm, the, if the you put music Queen or I'm Elton like, John on it, what? I will punch you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you guys have a playlist for labor. Let's hear it. What are some songs? Or he some... hasn't started it yet. He needs to put it together. No, no. It's definitely going to include Queen. Doug. No, it's not. Yes. I will punch you. No, you have to have that little hype song before it comes out. Just like in the football team when they're standing, you know, before they play <laughs> That's out. right. No, you will see straight anger across it. He watched <laughs> the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh-huh. And it's been on repeat in our household since he watched it for months. So I'm like, if that plays... I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe, what is it? Is it John Mellencamp or Bruce Springsteen? Uh, Hurt so good. Maybe you might make the... <laughs> Oh my or, god. Or from, from Queen, easy come, easy go. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Dude, this is awesome. We need a brainstorm. <laughs> I'm we're so, so, so excited for you guys. I mean, no joke, you are going to be on the best journey of your life. It's not gonna lie. It's definitely gonna be difficult at times. But uh, because I feel like you know, everyone's like, Oh, it's so exciting, you're gonna be parents. It's it's like, okay, yeah, but you also I hope you're ready to party with a kid all night long for like three months straight. Yeah. <laughs> oh great. <laughs> they don't let you sleep. They're it's up the coolest all night. thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but it really is like the absolute best. I feel like everybody kind of like pressures about the breastfeeding thing and whatnot. And I don't know like what your plan is, but good golly girl, that it hurts. And so if yeah. it doesn't work for whatever, I mean, sometimes, you know, milk doesn't come in, whatever the case is. Again, unsolicited advice is like, you know, just do you like whatever. And don't let anyone mom shame you. Cause I, oh my gosh, like that, that comes too. So oh yeah, you that's, just do that's you. That's already came and that is crazy. Isn't it the, nuts? This whole thing is so crazy because it seems like all like the, the difficult parts, the negative parts of like staying up and losing sleep and like, you know, whatever else. I don't know what's going to go into parenting, but <laughs> yeah. it seems like all the, all the, like the bad things are easy to communicate to new or about to be new parents like Sean and I. But we're so excited to like experience the positive thing, which is yeah. holding a new human being that's half you, half the person you love the most in the world and like experiencing that. So oh my God. ready to get to that point. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so, so excited for you. It is going to be the best moment of your life. And it just, honestly, it gets better and better and better as the baby grows. Like it really does. I don't know if anybody can really get as good of a swaddle as I get, but um, that's, that's important. <laughs> challenge. I hear a challenge. Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, I hear a challenge from my husband. <laughs> wow. So I don't tell, even know how it works. Oh, you're going to be a pro like two weeks in. I guarantee it. <laughs> I was so scared to hold. I, I mean, I had never held a, a newborn until my daughter. I was so scared to hold. How do you hold it? How do you be too delicate or not too rough? Yeah. They're just so little. Like, how do you not break them? I know. Yeah. Gosh. 
Well, something tells me that with you two both being so ambitious and strong and driven, you're going to, you've got this labor and delivery part down and you definitely got the parenting part down. So we just wish you guys the absolute best and we're going to be rooting for you over here. <laughs> Baby, Thank you. Um, <laughs> hey, so I, I need you guys to make a promise. So we, we have a new couples podcast called Couple Things and we would love for you guys to be on it if you're interested. In oh a my heartbeat. gosh, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, I wanted to, Andrew, I just wanted to, for everybody listening, I wanted to let them know about your first podcast, which is Redirected. How can everyone find that? Yeah, so it's on uh, Himalaya is my podcasting app of choice and every other podcast uh, platform. <laughs> I feel like it's just the best interface, but anyway. It really um, is, yeah. So just, yeah, Redirected with Andrew East. You can just type in Redirected and you should be able to find it. It's on YouTube too. Awesome. And then that's awesome. We always try to do that, but we are just not as coordinated. You sound like you are super coordinated. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is what is your, when is, when does the new one launch and what is that called again? Um, it's called couple things and we aren't really sure at the moment it's, well, it's launching this week. Yes. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's exciting. Thank you. But we aren't sure when the next episodes will be and then, you know, and then we have a baby or something. <laughs> yeah. Just that little thing. <laughs> I honestly, I'm not for nothing. I was talking to, to Rachel, our podcast assistant. And I was like, uh, the woman is 39 weeks pregnant. I've never worked. I've never met someone more <laughs> ambitious. Like she's hanging out with us while she's could pop any second. Like her water could break. And like, this isn't like, I've never met someone more driven or more ambitious. So good for you, mama. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It, it keeps me distracted from going crazy. Right. Sh Sean, was there some disappointment that, um, that Andrew proposed at a Cubs game? Did you wish there was a better team at all? Come on, dog. Ah! <laughs> hey, Come on. I'm from Iowa. So no disappointment at all. Uh, just <laughs> uh, if well, you guys are ever in New Jersey, uh, you have a place to stay. There's a play date and it sounds like Andrew and I will be blasting queen in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. And challenging yeah. each other. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to say is if anybody wants to find you on social media, where can they find you guys to follow you? Oh my goodness. Um, Sean Johnson kind of across the platforms and Andrew D East. Yes. On all the platforms. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And you, Sean, I mean, 39 and a half or forever yes. 39 weeks Good pregnant. Forever 39. Yes. <laughs> we can't wait to hear when the baby oh, comes. Thank you. We're rooting for you and just so, so, so excited for you guys. And thank you again for being so, just so open and honest and raw. This world needs more of that. So thank, thank you to both of you for that. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys that means too. a lot. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys soon. Yes. Okay. Thank you guys. Bye guys. Bye. They were incredible. So much fun. That, that was actually a phenomenal conversation. Yeah, probably. I don't like to judge our guests, but they're definitely the top 10. I'm really excited for them to have this baby. I know they're so excited. I'm just so happy for them. You know how it's you know, just such a blessing after you've had a loss. So yeah. nothing feels better than actually seeing your baby in your arms screaming and pink. We but should try to find them a, a tutu or a onesie or something. No joke. I want to get her a USA gymnast onesie. But like, do guys wear the onesies? No, guys no. wear like shorts, right? I don't know what guys no, they wear. They wear like, uh, I don't like tights. I don't know. Yeah. But we could get a Cubs jersey. All babies look the same, so I don't well, think it matters. We'll get them a Cubs jersey since that's where he proposed. Oh, 
for That's the baby. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next week we have Pastor Cal. He is one of the experts on Married at First Sight. And honestly, one of my favorite people to chat with while I'm on Unfiltered, Married at First Sight Unfiltered. He's often a guest on that show. And he is just, he just spits out quotes that you want to like put on throw pillows. He's such an engaging individual. Uh, But he's also so genuine and he's funny and he like says it like it is. And I was like, Pastor Kale, you want to come on the podcast and give (laughs) us all some relationship advice? Because uh, yeah. (laughs) Is he going to charge us for it? No, this is a free session for everybody involved. That is perfect. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> All right. So we will see you guys next week here on Friday with yes. Pastor Cal. And stay tuned to all things Hot Marriage Cool Parents at our Instagram, or you can check out Jamie or I on Instagram, Doug Hainer or Jamie Otis. Oh my gosh, Doug. You never know my Instagram handle. Jamie and Otis. At Jamie and Otis. Yes. And we love you. We love you guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.